Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters John Stevens, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley-White, Bayonet Brewing Co., Ryan Charlton, The Paper Mill Micropub, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Bardi, The Sociable Beer Company, and The Small Batch Brewing Co. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast Tom from Neon Raptor Brewing, based in Nottingham. It all started with some homebrew on the kitchen hob with a Wilco stockpot, some garden hose and a copper pipe. Pleased with the progress, they decided to enter the Brewdog Nottingham Homebrew Contest in 2015, which to their delight they won, which gave Neon Raptor the encouragement they needed to give brewing a go for real. From April 2016, there followed a period of cuckoo and gypsy brewing at various venues in the East Midlands before establishing their own brewery and taproom in Snetton Market in central Nottingham. Tom, please introduce yourself and tell us about your beer journey, which led you to becoming part of Neon Raptor. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the introduction there. All quite factually correct there. So <laughs> either you've done your research or we wrote that down. Um, I think, yeah, probably probably the latter. <laughs> well, both so actually. <laughs> I wasn't one of the original founders, so I didn't join till early 2017, I don't think. Right. Still very was, early. Was, very early in the day. It was, was, it was not, two no. guys from... Our bros in Scotland that set uh, got the name and did the home brewing and entered the yep. brewdog competition. One of them was more enthusiastic than the other, so he continued and needed some assistance, right, from people in that may, might have a bit of knowledge about the craft beer scene. And unfortunately, he uh, he got myself and Josh who ran <laughs> Sutton Soda Craft Beer Bar in Derby. Yes. So we put a couple of years of effort um some money uh, but not right. much we um and got scraped together what we could from a couple of loans but a lot of it was done as much as we could by ourselves so there's right. three of us working full-time in our other jobs and then trying to well dig holes build walls um <laughs> attach pipes to other pipes yeah so i think after yeah some cuckoo brewing in a couple of places mm-hmm. it was just about this time 2017 that we right. got the keys to where we are now in Stenson Market in the middle yep. of Nottingham and then it was I think January or February where we'd got finally got some beer out on the kit right. just using old hops that anything we'd got really left just to te- test the kit yep. and it wasn't a beer that we um we were ever going to release it was just something that we need to check that the kit was working yeah and invited a couple of people from our local sort of area because it's yep. an area of creative uh, outlets for various things uh, invited them to have a go and they all said positive things which mm-hmm. potentially they shouldn't have done because it wasn't it wasn't very good it was just a it was literally a test batch um, well, I'm sure it's probably better than you're better than you're admitting to but but I would also say and other brewers have said this to me that sort of your friends are not necessarily the best and most honest judge of your beer either are well, they so, so people are inclined we to... didn't know them so it's oh, fine. okay well that's they, good they were li- literally had new neighbors <laughs> so uh, they but I suppose they wanted to say positive things right but yeah then I think it would have been a few months later there we properly launched our first beers onto the market yep after, after, after at a brewed at our own site yes after the ones that we'd uh 
cuckoo brood. So it was potentially over 12 months that we'd not actually released anything. Wow. Having slightly built up a bit of a name for ourselves. Yeah, that, that was uh, risky. Well, I'm sure you had no choice in the matter, but it's still, you know, it puts at risk all of the momentum that you built up, I guess, doesn't it? At least yeah, and then I guess it worked out in quite a good marketing campaign because it meant people wanted to buy the beer. Like, oh, yeah, that's that always interesting. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> obviously, we also weren't bringing any money in to like, buy more ingredients and uh, more kits. So no. we needed to get it out. I bet you and did. Let's, let's take a step back, um, Tom, and, uh, and talk about you and suds and soda then first of all coming into yeah, okay so, so, so it's, um, a bar that i've been to by the way i had a great night in there uh, last year actually okay um, we i think we've met haven't we I, we have yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good I, yeah there's a lot of people to meet isn't there there are there are indeed and they've all got beards haven't they yeah, I've got a lot of beards. <laughs> mostly anyway <laughs> lot, yeah a lot of beers going around um so yeah i think i lived in canada in the sort of mid 2000s yeah and was drinking the beers they had there, which weren't lager and which weren't real ale, but were somewhere no. in between. Yeah. But were also nothing like what was going on south of the border, really. Okay. And then there was a lot of there's a lot of Belgian styles in Canada as well. So I was drinking those sort of slightly slightly more carbed than I was used to. Right. Uh, and maybe a lot more flavour than I was used to in sort of the macro lagers. And then moved back to moved back to England and became a postman for right. eight years. Okay. Um wow met josh who was also a postman yeah and we would sometimes meet up at night have some drinks and we just discussed that derby had a good real ale scene but where were the beaver towns the colonels right the magic rocks um and then obviously the americans the the stones and etc where, where where was all that in derby yeah and so i think it would have been 2015 i quit my job as after eight years at the Royal Mail yep. and got myself um, on a licensing course, on a sellermanship course, just did as much research as I could, volunteered at a lot of beer festivals. I think Indieman 2015 was the first nice. craft beer festival I went to. I did Liverpool that year as well. Right. And it kind of blew my mind how much <laughs> I really didn't know about yep. the people in the scene, the breweries in the scene, um, and the flavours. I, I just thought that there was things like with seaweed and, all these ridiculous flavors. <laughs> wow, wow! I yeah, was just yeah. thinking there was like your rubies, your ambers, your exactly, yeah, of, like, know, maybe a milk, it. an oatmeal stout. Maybe the six uh, percent might be something. Uh, one of the strongest ones I've had. And I thought, okay, there's there's definitely a market for this. Hopefully, yeah. And uh, yeah, got got um, quite tipsy one night with Josh, and he. Well, I'd already had the idea, I think, and then he would had a similar idea to set up a, a beer shop and bar. And there weren't many around the country. I'd, I'd gone to a few at that oh. time. It was still quite a small market. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I think we, I quit my job. He left, he stayed for another year at the Royal Mail. And we got Suds opened in October 2016. So yeah, it's it's six years. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I think this week. In that same, uh, the same um, location it is today. Same, same location yep. it is uh-huh. now. Uh, we went and had a look around. We obviously, we, again, we didn't, we didn't have much money, so it needed to be, we wanted a window front with a lot of yeah. footfall, yeah, and but we knew our limits. But yep. we, one of the key things is we didn't want anyone to install our lines for us. Okay. Well, we were happy to pay someone to uh, like someone who does that job. We yep. didn't want a brewery to do it. Oh, good God, no, no, no. Um, and it didn't cost us that much. We, we, mm-hmm. yeah, we've got a little tiny little cold room yep. at the back of the bar, 
And we did, obviously, like everyone did, we had shelves mm. with beer and then realized that fridges were the, the thing. Fridges so, are the way, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was October 2016. So, yeah, that's six years. Brilliant. And then well, almost, you know, I, I guess, almost immediately went, decided to help set up Neon Raptor as well. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, having one, uh, one, one new job wasn't enough. Obviously, you needed, yeah, exactly. you needed two new jobs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, just, just a sort of a footnote on Southern Soda, great little bar, really nice atmosphere in there. I was in there with Joe, actually, uh, the owner of a Pendridge. Um, oh, yeah. And we, we had a great night. Um, we'd, we'd been drinking his wonderful car scales in the Alexandra Hotel. And yeah. then uh, he said, I'll tell you what, we need to go, need to go Southern Soda. So we did. And uh, yeah, had a good night in there. Um, capped off by um, by finding a um, an amazing cycle stout in the bottom of one of your fridges. And, oh, uh, yeah. that tipped us over the edge beautifully so yeah great uh, great night and anybody who hasn't been to Southern Soda in Derby I don't know what you're playing at because you need to get across there next time you're in the East Midlands so uh, good Thank bar nice glad, glad it's there and um, yeah so so you know did you did you have much knowledge to bring into to Neon Raptor from the Southern Soda experience or had you not been at it for long enough to, <laughs> you know, to um, really... yes and no I guess because I've done a whole year of my own research anyway into oh, okay. what right, was right, going yeah. on mm-hmm. and just speaking to shop owners, bar owners, as many brewers and brewery staff as I could without trying to come across as a stalker or anything like that. Just <laughs> uh, It turns out people are quite friendly and quite happy to chat, which are, uh, obviously yeah. you'll, you'll have found that out um, <laughs> over the years. Um, so experience-wise, I guess just knowing the market a little bit, mm-hmm. knowing what people want. And because I was working behind the bar as well, you're just talking to people and how susceptible they are to new ideas and mm. new things and how easy it is to push. So when we got Verdant for the first time, I was like, oh, we should try this Verdant. Nice. No, I'm not interested. <laughs> but, uh, just try it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a it was a way of – it was the sales and the market experience that I knew. Right, yeah. Um, I'd never done any home brewing or anything like that. Okay. Uh, I, I guess I've done a lot of heavy lifting as a yeah. postman over the yeah. years. So that's that's yeah, quite yeah. a useful, yeah. useful thing. And um, just uh, – have you done customer-facing stuff before? Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm in sales. I've been you know 30, right. 30 years in sales, basically. So, yeah, so the patience, only thing I do. Yeah. patience is one of the things you really, really need. Yep. and that's a good amount of experience there that uh, sometimes goes without saying. I think, like, absolutely. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think just an enthusiasm, um, mm-hmm. a drive. Uh, same with Josh. They're both driven people and willing to work silly hours for <laughs> no money for some reason uh, <laughs> along with a bunch of other people yeah uh, but, uh, yeah and then uh talking to other people going yeah that, we did exactly the same we think this isn't really very healthy is it <laughs> but there's plenty of passion in there isn't there that's for sure you know there's, yeah there's, uh, there really is an amazing group of people that that are so so driven to 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 drive you know to to, to make these incredible beers and, and and build this this fabulous scene in the UK. Um, talking about incredible beers, um, let's talk about this first one that I'm absolutely smashing here. Um, this is uh, Mr. Pipes, 4.8% yeah. New England Pale. Brief tasting notes I've got say, a Southern Hemisphere hop combo of Enigma, Ella and Nelson Sovan. Bring an astonishing barrage of white grape, berry and tropical notes. And then it says, do you think Mr. Pipes has come to hurt you? Which is um, it is a fabulously um, uh, opaque, or um, or or, or uh, perhaps that's not the right word, but it, it, it's it's a you know very very odd reference. So I did need to Google this afternoon to to make any sense of. And and so I, I thought you meant the color of the beer. 
I do now understand. When they said the, opaque. No, 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 The Mr. Pipes comment is, yeah. is, is random. And, and I, I now know what it means, but I'll probably get you to explain it because uh, you'll, I'm sure you do it better than I will. So, yeah, it was, um, we try, we try to sometimes release things deliberately. Like, mm-hmm. like obviously we're doing new beers quite a lot. We like to yep. maybe have a name that uh, for a reason. Okay. And we did a big sour last year for Halloween called Vampire Disco. Okay. And we thought, let's do a couple of other Halloween releases. People like drinking and they go out at Halloween. Sure. And it's been 30 years since the BBC broadcast uh, Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch, yeah. Um, which was, for people of a certain age, I think it's absolutely terrified them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I think you probably did. Yeah. So I think <laughs> I saw it. I'm so, I guess I saw it when I was 10, when, yeah. it, when it was broadcast. And I shouldn't have done. Uh, no. And anyone that was around the same age. And you're genuinely done. scarred for life, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that thing because, because it's so, um, if people that are listed have seen it, they you'll never look at curtains in the same way again. Right. Or, or Michael Parkinson, to be honest. But yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was a blend of horror, drama, and I guess almost found footage, realistic TV that, people that got a re- um, record amount of complaints about it right um and which is enough to recommend it in, in itself isn't it really yeah. but mr pipe sounds quite friendly so obviously we've added on the can art we've we've added our sort of typical neon-y colors yep um but also yeah he is circled in the in the curtains of that those poor girls bedroom and He's a name that stirs up things with certain people, and otherwise, it's just a silly name for a neon raptor beer, which is absolutely fine as well. There's several. Um, um, there are several Twitter Mister Pipes sort of variants or derivatives, and you know where you know if, if they if that account follows you, there's there's then you know it sort of triggers a whole load of comments. And oh no, Mister Pipes has followed me. It's terrible. <laughs> so we, yeah, we did get contacted on Twitter from uh, the <laughs> producer of the documentary uh, Behind the Curtains, I think it's called, right? Um, of, on Ghostwatch. Which I think is getting a release sometime this year. I don't know. Oh, cool. Uh, I know. I don't think the BBC is showing it again anyway. So I think no. it have to be, either be yeah, some other streaming of, or, of other or DVD. That would be happy to uh, to deal with it. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's quite nice because when you when you get messages on a on Twitter, sometimes you think, oh, they're gonna they're gonna say, please don't sell this. Please insist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we've not had one yet. Um, we've we've had a couple of people it. say, maybe stop selling that when things have sold out. And go, okay. We won't do that one again, then that's right. fine. Yeah. Uh, but we're, yeah, we're quite a small batch. Hmm. Um, and if someone says, really wants to, to not sell something, then yeah, there's not much you can really do. That's it. We just, really just move on to the next, the next recipe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or same recipe, different name. Hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Perish the thought, but uh, but look before we move on, this is absolutely delicious, um, Tom. It's, it's everything that the tasting notes say. Amazing fruity flavors, really vibrant for you know, four point eight. It you know it could easily be six percent in terms of the depth of flavour, so I'm really enjoying this, and it's uh, which is not to say it's not it's super drinkable anyway. So um, yeah, yeah. Just, just a really lovely pale. Um, There's definitely some white grape there, I think. Mm, there is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, no, I think uh, Nelson Sovan's my favourite. Uh-huh. Anyway, I think this so. is this would be this is 22 crop, I guess, is it from the March April harvest? I'm guessing it, it tastes. I mean, it, not that I can necessarily taste any difference between this year's and last year's, but it's it's delicious anyway. It's a great beer, and um, yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So back to the brewery. Yes. It took you a while. So hang on, let's, let's even take a further step back from that. So I, I've been to the um, been to the brewery, sat in the tap room several times. Um, yeah. A very unusual space, I think. Yes. To start with. So why don't you start by describing it? Um, so it's a 
fairly small industrial unit that we've got an basically an L shape of. There's it, and then there's a fourth corner that has got a different unit in it. Right. Completely yep. unrelated to us. So we've got basically three corners of a unit. Yeah. And we had to, from scratch, work out the best way to fit as many tanks in and as many people into the tap room. Right. Without actually being able to physically do that and then move things around. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we set up with uh, just two fermenting tanks. Yeah. Uh, but knew we had enough space for eight okay. and a canning line, but then not much space for other people. So, yeah, the whole unit is on, a, there's, I think, three or four avenues of different creative spaces. Yep. Uh, there's like a chocolate maker, there's a gin distillery, there's a coffee roasters, there's people making jewellery, then mm. uh, upcycling clothes and furniture and various things. So everyone has to do a different creative thing. Nice. And this biggest unit had been... Not it didn't. No one wanted to fill it because it right. was the most expensive one. Yeah, but it felt it did feel quite big walking into it completely empty, and then it suddenly felt tiny within within months. <laughs> Even just yep. building like a brewery floor, putting the mm. drainage in, getting the three phase electricity put in, it, and then some tables and a, and some malt bags in. You think, oh, this is tiny. <laughs> um, and then obviously got a tap room. You have to install things like toilets. Sure. Sinks, all that stuff. They take up space they do. Uh, that we probably could have another tank in. Mm-hmm. But we need people as well. So uh, I think we've made quite good use of it. Yeah. And if we had to go back to the start, I don't think there's a better way of putting things around. Right. The only thing is potentially could have made a bigger mezzanine floor and right. put, yeah. given ourselves an actual office rather than um, for those of people that haven't been there, it is glass. It's glass everywhere. So Well that's the thing I was gonna say is that that's I think that's the most remarkable feature of it is it feels yeah. a bit like a greenhouse, isn't it? Which yes. means it gets very hot in the summer and very cold yeah. in the winter. Yeah, um, we have an angry is... chiller in the summer. That, yeah. Um doesn't like us brewing more beer and filling more tanks. Uh and then in the winter, oh the chiller loves it. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to do anything. It's absolutely freezing in there. You go in the cold room and it's warmer than the yeah. uh, the brewery. Nonetheless, it's in the city. You know, it's walking distance from the, from you know the centre of town, isn't it? And so, so that's yeah. a nice place to be in a city the size of Nottingham, um, a city with with actually a great beer scene. In you know, in my opinion, both traditional and craft. Um, for yeah, want of a better turn of phrase. You know, you've got some great traditional breweries, some great traditional cask pubs, but then you know you've got some brilliant crossover pubs as well, haven't you? I'm thinking about places like the Canal House and King's Head and whatever that where you can yeah. get. An amazing pint of cast, several of them, different amazing pints of cast, but also a really good lineup of uh, keg beers. And so I love that about Nottingham. And and then, you know, to, into some sort of full on crafty places like uh, I particularly love the junkyard, um, but but there's other places as well. So, you know, just, just a great place to drink full stuff, I think. And your yeah, your premises is a great addition to that, I think. So, you know, well, I, that, 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 the whole area where we are now is just growing and growing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So With, it, it, uh, it, obviously, liquid light. Um, Another not Nottingham Brew. They set up about a five minute walk. Oh, brilliant! Us. So I, I probably should have qualified. I haven't been to Nottingham for a couple of years. I, I I changed my job since the job that I used to have that brought me to Nottingham quite regularly. So so I am I haven't been drinking in uh, Nottingham post COVID. Actually, I'm afraid. Oh right, in which case, Partisans opened up as well. Uh, oh cool. Which is a craft and well a keg and cask with a fun fridge place. They've opened up between us and King Billy. So mm-hmm. King Billy is about a minute's walk away. They've opened up between uh, even closer. <laughs> So Fantastic. yeah, the whole the whole area um, mm. is really great right now, and there's a 
the street food marketplace has just opened up as well with different food stores every weekend and then they put our beer on they put on local other local beers as well so yeah you don't even need to go to um the other part of the city anymore no. <laughs> um, not that you shouldn't because obviously no, no. Yeah, you, you junk your canal house keen dead like you said all yep. really good places but mm-hmm. yeah there's, a, there's an entire pub crawl in stanton now oh well, that's brilliant to know yeah yeah well that's great to hear um you guys pretty much got the brewery fully on its feet and sort of functioning for maybe a year before covid hit and then you had a difficult time of it i think didn't you you know around that time so i don't know if you had whether you want so, to get into that particularly or yeah, yeah we can do yeah covid was in march so we'd just gone up to eight tanks in right. january mm-hmm. and got our hired a basically um we only had one one brewer um right the entire time until january 2020 and then mm-hmm. we decided to get another brewer because we needed one and we had more well. tanks and then obviously, yeah, March that happened. And then April happened and the founder decided that it wasn't going the direction he wanted to go. Hmm. And it was either we left or he left, basically. And right. uh, we came to the range and, and uh, obviously he left. He's gone to form another brewery in Liverpool, yeah. mm-hmm. which I've not visited yet. Um, no. But no, yeah, that, that opened, I think. So we didn't brew for about four or five months whilst the paperwork was taking a while to get signed and all the legalities and then again like the last time when we'd not brewed for a while it's like it was a marketing strategy and uh (laughs) sales sales went crazy (laughs) so except that you know from that point there was a nationwide demand of people saying where the hell have neon raptor gone you know (laughs) yeah and so so great that that there was that pent-up demand. You know, it, it, I think it was probably easier to see that it was there at that stage than it might have been the previous time you had the shutdown, you know, because I'm sure that you were getting yeah, lots of messages saying, where's your beers? Where can I get your beers from? So uh, I guess that's... we'd also... Keep... We'd doubled capacity in the January as well. So right, we didn't know quite what the demand would be or no. whether we'd just have empty tanks. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to fill every tank. No, of you want not. To, I mean, look, and it, I, yeah. you know, it's easy for us to talk glibly about it now, but you know, looking back on COVID, it was you know terrifying times, and nobody knew how long it was going to last for, and whether you know there was going to be anybody around to drink your beer afterwards. So, you know, yeah. thank goodness um, you're back. You're still on your feet. You got your new brewer in, and and it seems to me that you know you're, you're really cracking on now. So, how's the business you know generally going now from from a you know sort of a hundred foot kind of perspective? Are you are you pleased with where you're up to, Tom? These days, I think so. Yeah, I think. Um... We've finally got ourselves a core range of mm-hmm. sorts. Yeah. We've got six flagship beers. Yeah. And then two that we brew basically almost all the time. Okay. So that's it. Yeah, the Crushing Blows and the Retro Racer. Mm-hmm. But we're putting the, the Lager in stock more. We do our, our 5.2% stout clusters. Right. That gets brewed more often. Yeah. So that was a good place. We always wanted to be in that place. We didn't okay. want to be two or three new beers every week oh, God, it all the time you, because you nuts. I mean, it, you know, you want to be creative. You want to, you know, please the people that are looking for that new thing all the time. But on the other hand, you've got to have some product that you can get some repeat business off of and start to establish yeah. your reputation, you know, on, on keg in the pubs and whatever. And so, you know, you've got to have those core beers, haven't you? Well, certainly locally, uh, yeah. people want a lot of the drinkers. If they are going to a place that is cask and keg and, you know, wines and gins and yeah. stuff, you don't want it to be oh can you i'll have a pint of mr pipes one week and then must be the moon next week and you think <laughs> no retro racer or christian blows that's fine i'll have or i'll have the neon raptor which is yeah. 
would generally be a pale ale or session IPA in, in one of those pubs. And even when we work at festivals, people come up and say, I'll have the Neon Raptor. And you think, mm-hmm. which one? Oh, sorry, the Neon Raptor. And you go, okay. Um, again, <laughs> there's four of them. IPA, well, that's fine. Sour. You know, it's yeah. nice even, you know, to just have a you know, name recognition on the brewery. And oh, no, it's great. The fact that people trust you, that's brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I, th- I don't think that. I think they just don't know who we are. So they just think that's the name of the Oh, beer. oh I see. Right, right. In the same though, the people that ask for a Carling or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're not asking for Carling. Session IPA, you're asking yeah. for a Carling. So It's easy for us to get sort of wrapped up in, you know, the fact that everybody should know every fine detail about, about yeah. these businesses and the products. But, you know, the fact is, no, most people don't really care that much, do they? It's just about, you know, they, they know what they like and they hopefully remember what they enjoyed. But, yes. you know, beyond that, it's just a pint of beer, isn't it? And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, and certainly at festivals, a lot of people go because they want to go to a beer festival. And why wouldn't they? Yeah, sure. We were talking to, I think, Northern Monk at Leeds International. Mm-hmm. Not this year, probably last year. And they get asked all the time at festivals where they're from. Yeah. But especially in Leeds. That's right. Oh, where are you based? Yeah. Well, there. <laughs> I know, yeah. See that great big building down there by the river? That's us, yeah. <laughs> but we, we get it We get it at the in the places near the brewery as well. It's like, oh, where are you? Like 20 metres away. That's nuts, isn't it? Oh, right. You brew beer there? Yeah. Oh, right. I thought it was just a bar. So people... But yeah, oh, we, I see. We, okay, yeah. A lot of people just don't know, and there's no reason why they should. No. As much as we'd like to inform and educate, there's not always... I mean, I don't always listen to people. <laughs> and there's... there's. I don't know loads about many other things that are going on. No, makes sense, Tom. But look, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are, are, are really cracking on that, because I think from day one, your beers have been brilliant. We, you know, I wouldn't say we discovered you in, I don't know, trying to think when I was first, but I, certainly we were drinking Neon Raptor regularly pre-COVID. Um, yeah. You know, so I was lucky enough to get up to Nottingham quite a bit anyway. So I was sharing the the, the, the love for the brewery with, with you know, my friends down in the, in the Thames Valley and whatever, and, you know, bringing back cans. And, and you know, so we were, certainly you were one of the places we were ordering beers from straight away as as, as COVID hit, which which actually, funnily enough, was where we discovered Pentridge because you, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 put some right. of Joe's beers up on 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 your website, and you know that was a that was a gift. You know that that we we very gratefully snapped up because I was, you know I'm a big fan of um, of what Pentridge are doing as well, and have been ever since. But uh, no, I think that you you continue to uh, continue to crack on, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next chance to get back to Nottingham to to come and uh, come and sample them again and experience the the breadth of what's going on down the, around you there because it sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, let's take a short break, Tom. This Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labour, materials and most importantly the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. I'm back with Tom from Neon Raptor for the second half of the show. Tom, at this stage of the conversation every week, I put the guest on the spot and ask them to tell me what makes them different. What is it you're doing at Neon Raptor to stand out in the increasingly crowded UK craft beer scene? Uh, this could go a couple of ways, couldn't it? I could just say uh, <laughs> literally nothing. <laughs> uh, which is um, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, some breweries focus on some of the modern styles. We focus on all of them, but a lot of breweries are doing that. Yeah. Uh, one thing is both directors don't have a background in brewing nor do we brew still okay we don't recipe develop fine we don't uh we will we'll mash in if needed 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't. We aren't. We aren't brewers. Mm-hmm. And it means, I guess, something that we do slightly differently is put our trust entirely in our brew team. You give the creative and, process over entirely to the brewers. Yeah. Yes. So if they tell us this is how much uh, Ella hops or Enigma hops mm-hmm. are going to be, you go okay, and they tell yeah. us how much they want. We go okay. Yeah, that's fine. And then, so you, and then you, ca- you think... calculate back from there what you need to charge for the product, rather than rather than starting from the from the end point. Yeah. Of, so there, there are other directors that work and own breweries, I guess, that won't brew and don't know how to brew. Right. But they might be money people, and we're not money people either. No. <laughs> so I think what we've done uh, differently is find ourselves in the position almost by accident. Okay. Um, which is quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was speaking to uh, Armington a few months ago. Yeah. And I was telling them what I did uh, in my role as sort of like various accounts and sales. And uh, I, I do a lot of the driving and stuff, right. do a, lot of, a lot of different things. And I said, I don't want to learn how to brew because then I might have to brew. And then that's one of the many other things I still I won't have time for. <laughs> Whereas if I, never, if I never learn how to do the brewing, then I can never be called upon to do that, which means we'll have a VAT paid on time and filed and uh, staff will get paid and uh, various other things uh, <laughs> will, ha- will actually happen. Whereas if, because I'm quite happy to do something slightly more interesting than what I actually meant to do. So right. if someone asks me and I could brew, I'd probably say yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy to help on the packaging line. But I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be doing that. I should be. I should be doing the the more sort of legal based stuff. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- th- I think that's that's where I think we're probably slightly different. We don't. We like don't like to meddle too much. Even you, with the uh, obviously we use quite a lot of adjuncts in our beer. We yeah. don't even suggest that many of them. Do you give any creative input at all to the to your, your brewing team in terms of saying you know look that you know the dippers are selling really well this month so maybe oh you know, yeah okay yeah so we, yeah. we definitely definitely do that so we do that for that from a sales perspective we definitely yeah. will um and we'll say tippers are dead um yeah. let's not never do one of those ever again <laughs> um i don't know what happened in lockdown but everyone was after uh triple ipas wow, that was a strange then, moment wasn't it yeah there was a strange moment we thought, okay yeah. yeah we'll do a couple of them oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, i think we did one with penchurch actually yeah that might have been a triple or it was at least a double yeah and um yeah, then we slowly watched them not uh, sell as fast. No. And also, I didn't want to drink them. No. And none of my friends wanted to drink them. You think, why are we brewing these? So, yeah, there, there, is, um, there, is a, there is a certain amount of that. And we do have regular meetings with the brew team right. about scheduling and getting everything a few months. So we do, have, we do have a fair amount of input. Yeah. But if they want to put coffee into a sour, mm-hmm. then maybe that's something we will do once <laughs> once maybe once <laughs> we shall see no i think that's i think that's that's a good good set of answers uh tom i would think you know yeah. certainly it's great that the brewing team has got that level of, um, of of autonomy and creativity i'm sure they appreciate it and i'm sure it gives them more satisfaction and more loyalty to, to neon raptor than they would otherwise if you were leaning over them all the time saying do this and what about this and how about this you know it's uh it's nice. I'm sure they appreciate the, the, the you know, having yeah. I think the only thing is it puts a bit of pressure on them to not get ill. Yes. So, so or, how big's your team? Let's talk about that just briefly. It is tiny. Mm-hmm. So seven people, is it? Oh wow. So yeah, two two in the brew team, then one packaging dispatch. Yeah. One guy that does 
basically tap room and a bit of sales, mm-hmm. mainly hopefully moving more into sales. Right. Two full time tap room staff, uh, and then designer, mm-hmm. and then yeah, two directors. So it's wow. a small team still. Yeah. No, definitely. Hopefully, cracking on from there, and uh, you know, you you got four you four days four nights a week at the tap room. Is that right? Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. So and that's that, quite good. You imagine that staying at four, or or would that expand? We can't you? really extend it because of the amount of stuff we have in the brewery oh, uh, during the yeah, during the week. Yeah. So people trying to come in because obviously the doors will be open on a Wednesday afternoon or something. Yeah. We can't. They'll they'll, they'll climb over. Uh, pallet trucks and pallets and bags of malt just to say, oh, I'll have a beer. No, you, you definitely won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is not a safe place for you to be in right now. No, and I suppose you, you have to start sort of tidying away from sort of Wednesday lunchtime or Wednesday afternoon, do you? To, well, so, to yeah, so a lot, of, yeah. Um, a lot of it's literally an hour before the tap oh, okay. staff so, come so in I on Thursday. Yeah, we just Thursday move everything. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, cleaning up and stuff, we, we get done as much as we can on a Wednesday. Yeah. So, so it looks it looks okay. Yeah. No, I suppose it's uh, just just the nature of a of a production brewery, isn't it? Is it? You know, yeah, but people have that exact same challenge. Yeah, they do indeed. And even talking to like breweries, uh, I think it was I think it was Finback that had that, and that really surprised me. I thought, yeah. oh, but you're you're cool. You're massive, and from yeah, yeah, New right. York, and the massive. Yeah, you can't open the tap room because there's a forklift in there in the week. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. <laughs> nice. It might not have been Finback. If it's Finback, yeah, it might could be Finback because their main yeah they, they, their main brewery tap room was out east sort of east Brooklyn, mate, wasn't it? But yeah. in their new um, their new tap room in Brooklyn, um, in the sort of the main Brooklyn High Street kind of thing, for want of a better turn of phrase, a few weeks ago, and that's uh, that's that's a, a retail only space, which is really nice. Okay. But, uh, well, yeah. I guess that's the idea, isn't it? You, you yeah. have a you then get another outlet. Mm. Could that be part of your near to midterm future? Would you say or uh, maybe? I think. Mm-hmm. I quite like uh, the idea of having, well, I think craft places that are solely craft a beer, um, sort of for, for nerds and that. Yeah. They're fun, but a pub with a, a cat and a fire. Yes. And people bringing their dogs in mm-hmm. and people just drinking whatever. I think they're quite, I think they're pretty good as well. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so- and so that, that that's you know, as much as I like all the, the, the very craft ba- uh, forward ones. Yeah. I do like an old traditional pub as well. Sure. And so, but, so you know, no, 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 nothing, nothing lined up yet. But um, no, but it could be the best both worlds as well, couldn't it? Because you know, if you've got a big enough cellar, and you know, you, you can you can have your have your eight or ten lines of the neon raptor on, and still still have a great cask range and, and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I won't yeah, hold fine. you to it, Tom, but I look forward to look forward to coming to checking it out when you yeah <laughs> when it's there. Um, turn that question on its head. Not so. Not what makes you different. Um, but what do you wish you'd done differently? Is there anything that you look back on over your last, you know, five six years and say, "Oh man, that was a mistake." Or if we'd have only just done this instead of that, things would have, you know, you'd have been further ahead. What anything that springs to mind? And that can be business or or you know, beer or brewing related, whatever. Yeah, I think obviously you touched on. Oh, we touched on earlier the, the shape of the brewing setup. Yeah, I think potentially we could have. Um, I said we could have a. A bigger mezzanine and office, and I think oh, right. yeah, yeah. that um, we could have had a bigger cold room. Yeah. I think that would have been better. Um, uh, I don't think we could have fit more kit in, but we potentially could have changed some of the glass panels and maybe got taller kit in. Okay, so yeah. um, 
they're just 2,000 litre vessels at the moment. We potentially could have got slightly bigger stuff in. It'd right. be very difficult to move it out now. Um, yeah. But also knowing about the things, the additions that we want, like we want a hot rocket. We want, yeah. um, we want to make canning easier with just having yeah. loading tables and stuff. We thought if we didn't really put them into our plans. No. Because I'm not even sure how much we put a canning line into our plans really at that site. Because no. I think we thought, well, this site's too small for this. We'd only get a canning line at a bigger site, and then right. canning lines kind of just got. I was going to say that to you. Yeah, I bet you know. So canning lines used to be massive things that only the biggest breweries had, sort of ten years yeah. ago, or you know, even less than that. And now they're so compact, aren't they? That um, you know, you can fit them into a you know, really modest space. Yeah, um, and they're great. And we got one. We did get one before lockdown, which was obviously great foresight. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, we used to get um, people contract canners in. They were they were always quite fun long um days i say fun Indeed. they were i don't know if there was much fun they were super stressful days i'm sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot nicer to be able to plan our packaging schedule around ourselves rather well, than when the beer's else. ready yeah as opposed yeah. to when the when the, the mobile can yes exactly yeah. yeah understood but uh yeah it was a means to an end at the time i'm sure um yeah. let's talk about this second beer this is jet set billy Yes. 7.2% breakfast sour. Um, Tasty notes say this collab with Poland's Funky Fluid combines blackberry, red cherry, coffee, and vanilla to create a tantalizing rich breakfast sour. It honors old video games and sadly departed dogs everywhere. Yeah, lovely. Um, this is uh, Funky Fluid. I haven't had many from Funky Fluid, but everything I have had has been really interesting. And so, yeah, I was, you know, this was bound to be good, I think, the collab between you guys and them. Um, really interesting. The coffee cuts through the you know the really tart fruits nicely doesn't it It doesn't overwhelm but it's there and you know sort of plays along nicely i think there's a lot on the nose of coffee because i've just opened the can i can really really smell yeah it really is on the nose yeah yeah Yeah. um but then yeah there's a bit of vanilla to like cut through Mm. i think all the flavors seem to blend well enough and cut through each of the maybe negative aspects of each flavor Mm -hmm. to create a surprisingly drinkable beer. A highly unusual beer, yeah. Read, yes. You, know, you read that that those tasting, or the, you know, not the tasting notes so much, but that list of, of flavours. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure how this is going to go, but yeah, no, it's I, I think it's good beer. Um, you know, 7.2, so it's got a bit of a a bit of punch to it. It's not when I see breakfast, um, I always fear it's going to be a bit sweet. You know, breakfast anything, um, you know, to my mind sort of sets me thinking, well, maybe this is going to be too sweet for me. But this definitely isn't. This is, you know. This, this yeah, is, I guess it depends what you have for your breakfast. I suppose so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's got like the sort of, not necessarily yogurty, granola-y stuff, but a bit of that. And obviously it has got the coffee. Yeah. But yeah, there's certainly no sausage or egg. Or no, there isn't. <laughs> bacon or beans or anything. No maple syrup. That's the thing that all you Well, know, that is the thing. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You, yeah. you know, breakfast stouts often, you know, they're a bit too sweet. They'll maple syrup, whatever, in them. Yeah. Right but no, it's a good beer. This is really interesting. Um, have you done? Have you worked with Funky Fluid before? We did a brew at theirs, which I think is probably seeing the site. Uh, seeing it'll be around in England over the next few weeks. Oh, cool! Which was like a lemon meringue sour. All right, oh, good. As part yeah. of their birthday celebrations, nice. we've been talking to one of their guys for quite a while, and eventually, if we uh, yeah, we managed to get a beer done at theirs, uh, and they did a beer at ours, and we also. We needed, well, we didn't need to. Um, the Billy from the beer name is named for Billy's Craft Beer Festival in Antwerp. Right, yeah. And uh, Billy was the dog. Uh, I think it was Billy's Bar. Billy's Bar. I've been and, to Billy's and Bar. And Billy Antwerp. was the dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and then um, the dog 
passed away. So they they asked breweries that were attending the festival whether that's nice they could do yeah. a Billy based beer. And we thought, well, I thought because I'm the oldest one at the brewery, and I remember older Spectrum games. Mm. <laughs> there was Jet Set Willy, yeah, the was. Manic Miner series, which yep. is 1984. So, oh my goodness, quite a long time ago. So, if people don't get the Jet Set Willy, Jet Set Billy reference, then that's absolutely fine. Fair enough. But it was the best-selling game in 1984. It was, yeah. No, I, I yeah. can remember it being massive. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really mean much. I don't think there were many. That, I think there were probably only about oh seven games. Uh, but, yeah, so we went we went completely crazy with the artwork for this one, mm. which I think potentially is good. You can't see it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's full-on. Got a bit of um, Poland, a bit of uh, Belgium, a bit of Nottingham. Oh, my good. It's busy, it's isn't it? It's, it's definitely busy, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably the busiest artwork <laughs> we've ever done. But, yeah, we do, we do obviously do quite a lot of the retro stuff anyway. Yeah. And also the niche references that uh, people don't get. And, I mean, people are going to pick this up and they'll probably be very confused. And then they see the flavours, they'll be even more confused. Yep. So it's it's a, it's an interesting one to try and sell. But luckily, it does it genuinely taste nice. It does, yeah. No, it's really... I, I would encourage people to pick this up. I think it's, it's a highly unusual beer. I don't think I've had anything quite like it before, and that's... I don't often get to say that these days, you know? It's kind of... <laughs> no, I think we... I mean, obviously, we, we, we've always liked coffee and stout. Mm-hmm. And we do have a lot lo- local roastery about 50 meters away. So we do get fresh coffee beans. Nice. But yeah, coffee and a sour isn't always necessarily what I don't know. It's not it's not the it's not a gateway sour, this one, is it? No, it isn't. No, that's I think that's a fair comment. Yeah. But um but I so I'm, I I'm enjoying it and it's it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's a good colour, good head. I mean different oh hell of a colour, yeah. I'm all look blackberries yeah. and you know, I I'm a massive fan of blackberries. I think they're just yeah. Incredible flavour and, and colour and everything goes with it. Brilliant. So um works well for me, uh, Tom. I'm enjoying it. Um and what I was going to ask you about talking about Poland actually is have you been involved in any festivals in Poland? If you know if you've got a if you're relationship with Yeah, we did um yeah, Rob um went over mm-hmm. to Pin- Pinter's Festival, I think right. it was. Yeah. Which was the same weekend as two other festivals that we were doing. So oh. I can't really remember. I it might have been might have been the weekend of Riverside. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Riverside was that was that was Jubilee Hop weekend, City. wasn't it? It was like the fourth, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth of June. Or yeah, so. so it might have been then because I think it was Hop City, Riverside. Yeah, it was Hop City Pinter. was that same weekend. You're right. Yeah. So we did we did three festivals at the same oh, weekend, which was between seven of you. Yeah, that's pretty good going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially because uh, you went to Riverside, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yeah, that was three days. Yeah. Uh, in the blistering sunshine. Yeah. That was uh, that was not an easy festival. No, lovely but spot, it was though. ridiculously hell of, a, hell of a location, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's great, you know, Brew by Numbers have got that sort of, you know, that, that heritage of star power, haven't they? They've, you know, they've been at this for, for a bit longer than most. And so they've yes. got an amazing network and, you know, and they uh, they flex their muscles, don't they, with that festival in terms of who, you know, who they invite and who comes in. So it's great to see. Well, yeah, that's it. We, we, were, we got there pretty late because traffic was bad. Uh, I, I, no, I can't blame traffic. I, I went the wrong way. I drove the wrong way. And, and, uh, well, it is um, in the middle of nowhere. So you're... Yeah, although I used to live on Tunnel Avenue, which is where which is where it is. I used to live uh, oh, right. so many years ago, so that was quite uh, quite poor of me to not know that one-way system. But yeah, when we were set up and we were next to Jester King. Oh, yes. And they said hello and stuff, and I was like, not right now, I'm setting up. And they're like, anyway, I'm being really rude to you. Uh, you're one of my favourite breweries in yes, the world. Uh, absolutely. Let's, 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 let's chat properly now. So, yeah, that was a... 
always nice talking to them. Nice, but um, yeah, Poland. I, I'm um, I, I'm definitely interested in in trying to get out to a Polish festival. I think at some point, I think you know, I think, like there's a really interesting scene going on over there. Yeah, I think the the Pinter one's probably. I think it is quite an interesting one because um, mm-hmm. we did a malt garden collab, right? Fairly recently too. Uh, another another sour because I don't know how much Polish craft beer people have had, but mm-hmm. Funky Fluid and Malt Garden are certainly the ones you see in the yes, UK more yeah. than others, and they are very much in the pastry sours, pastry stouts, and then yeah. some. I think some flavored IPAs and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if you don't like it, I think they're they're, they're, they're um, or if the flavours aren't what you wanted, I think they're always interesting to try. They are definitely, yeah, absolutely. Which is, I think, probably where we were started in the first place with a lot of us for where we wanted to start drinking. And like, well, oh, that sounds interesting. I like yeah, that exactly. Yeah, even if it was just tasting notes on a on a cask dark ale that said notes of blackberry and uh, caramel or something. You yeah, go, oh, okay. And it might have been, it might just literally have been notes, but yeah. up without adding any actual fruit or whatever, <laughs> and. Yeah, I think as long as we've still got that interest, I think we're we're, we're all there. Uh, I think so good, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, if if you lose that that, that sense of um, fascination and and being inquisitive, then then maybe you're sort of a bit you know tired with the scene, and it's you know that 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 will be a sad time. I hope I never get to that stage. No, on the, on the other hand, a lot of breweries are making excellent lagers now as well. They so. are. I know. They, if you don't want if you don't want coffee in a sour, um, no. you can you can have a delicious uh, <laughs> uh, what they call cold IPAs now, aren't they? They are. Yeah, well, cold yeah. IPA, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind a cold IPA. Yeah. Have you got any other festivals still in the calendar for this year? Or is, so, so done... yeah, Billy's is in a couple of weeks oh, um, great. in Antwerp. So, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going via Amsterdam. Oh, that's awesome. I've, I need to take some, well, it'd be nice to take some time off as well. So, yeah, I've got a few days in Amsterdam either mm-hmm. side. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's November. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my final one of the year. Right. Well, I'm sure that would be a really we'd... strong lineup as well. I imagine. Oh, it's great! It's great really fantastic. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the some of the friends we've met from around the world are there, yeah. so that's good. Wonderful. But we've also got Dark and Wild, which I guess is yeah, that's this end of is... oh, it's Halloween weekend. weekend isn't yeah. It? So, so when this goes out, it will be the next weekend. This will be out next yes. Monday, and it's the following weekend. So I think a few of us are going. I don't think I'll be going to that. Um... You're pouring there, eh? We are. We are pouring as oh, well. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I, but I don't think I'll be going. I think other staff will go to that. Yeah. Yeah, the lineup for that's really great. Yeah, Excellent. we're trying to get some collabs either side, which is uh, from some of the foreign breweries, which is always quite a nice, nice. thing. To yeah, do as well, people are in town, you can uh, yeah, sort of grab them for. A, I won't. Uh, oh yeah, I probably won't say anything yet because they might not happen. So, uh, mm. but yeah, there's some, there's some uh, good names that we're hoping to get across to oh, Nottingham. Yeah, because uh, yeah, by by doing what a more European festivals, you do get you get to know people, and then they yeah. come over to England and they've heard of you. So yeah, you do a collab. That's right. And it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, you got anything in the in the calendar already for next year that you can mention? Are you starting to is it too early to start booking festivals for, for 2020? Um we, well, um we did one. Uh, first festival of this year was in Dunfermline. Yep. Uh because we friends with Vault City mm-hmm. and they said, Oh yeah, you've got to go to Fun Fermilin. All right. All right. And it, it was my fortieth birthday that week. Ah. I thought I didn't have any plans. I thought, why not spend it pouring at a festival? In Dunfermline, so almost a week later, maybe maybe it was April this year. Mm. They said, "I know the only one, the first one's just finished, but you want to come to the second one?" Like, yeah, all right. And I think it's um, it's almost sold out, or it is sold out already. So there's a big thirst for beer over there. <clears throat> and when is that? That's, that's January. Is it? That'll be it'll be mid it'll be mid mid March, I think. Oh, March. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the 
sort of festival season doesn't really kick in. No, that's that early, early in the year. Yeah. I think there are some, but we yeah, the more sort of winter ale festival type things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it'll be that one's in the bag for next year. Awesome. I was yeah. going to say, what do you got going on more locally then, Tom? You got anything to announce tap over wise or events at your tap room or whatever? Um, yeah. So it's the uh, yeah, I guess Vampire this year is going to be an annual release now. Yep. So that is ready for Halloween. There'll be that at the tap room. We'll get some. We had cakes last year and spooky tunes, and uh, nice. a lot of people came down. We encouraged fancy dress. I'm not sure how many people came in fancy dress, but uh, if you've not been to the tap room in a while, did did you go in winter at all? I think I was there in both summer and winter, so I can so remember it's these... really hot and really cold on different. Yeah, yeah. we've got these heaters <laughs> that sort of glow bright. Well, not red. They glow sort of hauntingly terrifying red. Oh. So really suits Halloween and the yeah. winter. Um, so you go in there. The only thing is, it doesn't suit people's uh, untapped photos because no. <laughs> all their all their drinks just turn a very every, odd every beer color. looks orange or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we got that lined up. Um, cool. Yeah, I think we're trying to get as many uh, other places, other venues around the country to get our sort of Halloween themed beers on as well. Right. So I think I think there's going to be I think vocation doing some at their their places because we've just nice. had that collab come out. So yeah. I don't know how many we can get to, but we'll try and get to some. Um, what you got coming up beer release-wise, Tom? So people that have been to the tap room over the last year will have noticed a big number of barrels. I say big. It's not like vocation hundreds and hundreds of barrels type thing. It's uh, It was, I think, 12 or 15. So uh, it'll be our second barrel age Centaur Army. Fantastic. We'll be out uh, yep. fairly soon. Mm-hmm. And... We've done a lot more volume of that than we did last time. Excellent. When that flew out and we accidentally put more online than we'd even produced. Oops. <laughs> which didn't uh, go down very well with no. customers, which is understandable. So we have got more this time and we would like to get some of that out to other like trade stores and stuff as well. Uh, nice. Any of that going into cake by any chance? Very little, I think. It, yeah, it can be. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, there'll be a few. Well, I think it, a few specialist tap rooms would like to have a have a, a keg of that. Yeah, I think a lot there. of people would. I think it's just. <laughs> I, think, I think what we're going to do. We've got a number of cans that we're going to fill, a number of cases that we're going to fill, mm-hmm. and then whatever else can go in keg will go in yeah. keg. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not going to hang around. Those... Whatever the packaging format, I don't think. Well, we'll, we'll see because I think <laughs> I think people enjoyed it last year. Yeah. It will be slightly. I mean, it's similar sort of barrels, so you'll get similar. Bourbony, woody notes again. Nice. I think uh, mm-hmm. I've I've not had it yet, but yeah, I mean, I think there will be another. We have got more barrels that have got things in which we're not really meant to say what they are yet. So fair enough. But again, it's big stouts and people yeah. who know and look, big stouts want. I didn't say this earlier on, but I I thought you know I was I was looking for an opportunity to mention it and then the conversation moved on. But I actually think you know you're. You know, so so I we first learned to love Neon Raptor for your IPAs and your double IPAs yeah, yeah. and your pales, but I actually think your stouts are superb. You know, I think that um, and I'm not saying it's a it's a sort of a best kept secret or anything because I think you know most people listening to this would know that you do great stouts. But I, I just wanted to mention that I really do admire your stout game as well. I think you know you, that aspect of your brewery I think is really smashing out terrific beers. So I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think I think locally we're. The other pubs might not know, but the people that come to us, hmm. they certainly know about the stats because they've they've queued up sometimes before, which feels nice. like a very American thing to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 
And there won't be many people in the queue. It might only be three people in the queue thinking, yeah. oh, I probably shouldn't have got, uh, queued up. There's no point. But you um, still appreciate them being there, don't you? That's for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> we did We did a start with the droit theory from Virginia a okay. few weeks back. Yeah. The 16% start. And we didn't know that was really pushing the kit to its limits. Mm. And I was pretty scared about that one, thinking it was going to be a undrinkable mess. Yeah. But I don't know. There's no reason why it should be because I don't, we've not done that in, in our stouts before. So there's no reason why developing the base a little bit more and pushing the yeah. kit a little bit more mm-hmm. shouldn't have made it especially with the droid theories um knowledge as well sure absolutely yeah that stout game's pretty good so uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. that was a interesting one because i think a few years ago that would have definitely just gone into like a 750 mil bottle right or a 330 mil bottle yeah but because we've got the canning line it's like mm-hmm. a 16 percent starts going in a 440 mil can sure absolutely. once it's open it's open you're uh yeah, you just got to, you know, you just relying on your customers to to know what you know what's in there and to make sure they've got something to share it with when they open. I guess is, is exactly. The thing. It's, it's, yeah. We we do encourage uh, sharing. I think people always used to anyway. Bottle shares and oh, yeah. things have always always been a huge thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, sixteen percent when I first got into this would have been outrageous. Yeah. Ten percent was pushing it when I think it was like um, rain shadow <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Like, oh, this is delicious, and it's ten percent. That's crazy. Mm. And then six. That's that's. When you used to say, oh, it's okay to drink a 12% stout because you just treat it like wine, but 16% is stronger than most of the wines you can get. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I don't know how you can really uh, justify that, to be honest. It's hard. But it's, no, not the, it's... it's not the strongest stout in the, in the when you've got like Tartarus out there uh, yeah. knocking out their 17.5s. So it's, it's, all, it's all right. Uh, 16 is nothing. It's all right. I don't think the Portman group doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, so we'll be all right. No. <laughs> well, look, I think um, the artwork on it was a terrifying bear, not a friendly bear. So it's okay. okay. Well, it yeah. wouldn't appeal to kids. It would actually yeah, scare the kids them away. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't afford it anyway, the kids, could they? So it's all right. No, I think, I think a lot of people couldn't afford a 60% start <laughs> these days, to be honest. Uh, um, yeah, the market is uh, very susceptible to what people's. Um, spending habits are and it has to they... be doesn't it i'm afraid yeah, yeah you know I, I, we're all sort of hoping that that you know things roll on and that you know the, the sort of the demand for great beer will, will still exist but i'm sure everybody is 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 pausing for thought let's say both you know on both sides of the of the equation both the brewers and the customers are starting to think about where to spend their money and what to uh, what, yeah. what, to, what to present to the customers so it's it's uh, yeah, worrying so worrying time but hopefully you're in a place where your you know your business is sufficiently well established and in demand that that you'll be able to to ride it through in, in good shape. Yeah, I think I think we're quite lucky in that respect. I think um, obviously quite a few new breweries have opened up with your sure shots and your flocks and yes. stuff, um, barren things and making great beer. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have liked to have done that during and post-pandemic. No. Uh, so, you know, fair play to them uh, for doing it and not giving up and making great beer and Absolutely. getting a name out there. Yeah, but, but all those all those names you just mentioned are all really smashing it, aren't they? But so, there must be other breweries that have started that we don't know of that yeah. um have also taken sort of gone for it and uh well that's it might the, not have worked out for yeah them. the scary part is is the one sort of really extending themselves you know sort of bank loan wise or whatever and then you know yeah. you, you're now trying to launch your business into this climate it's uh, terrifying times then let's get into the home straight uh tom um first okay. i ask you to do um, what i call a shout out to a little guy or little guys here i'm yeah. looking for you to mention one or more beer businesses i guess in the east midlands that you think are doing a great job promoting specifically independent craft beer. Um, and that can be a pub, a tap room, a bottle shop, uh, even a restaurant or a cafe, but somebody that's specifically promoting independent craft beer, not just Neon Raptor, but but the scene generally. Maybe not East Midlands, but um, 
hot water cellar in uh, Newcastle under Lyme in okay. Staffordshire, just yeah. about, a, I guess, about 45 minutes to an hour away from Nottingham. Yeah. One of the, I'm going to say unsung heroes of the craft beer scene, but they're probably not because I think uh, people seem to know who they are and they do pretty well. Right. But it's, it's basically, it's on a, I don't know if you know it, but it's down a little slope out, just outside the town centre. I'm you not walk familiar in. with Newcastle and the Lime at all, actually, no. Okay, so it's, it's not a bad scene in, mm-hmm. in there at all, actually. Um, but, yeah, it's obviously next to, near Stoke. Mm. And you walk in and it is literally, it feels like a cellar. Right. And there, there's fridges, there's taps everywhere, there's friendly people. And it's just it's just one of the... I've done... If they ask for a, a meet the brewer thing, I'll just go and I'll make sure... I've got a reason to go. Fantastic. Uh, mate. It'll spend I'll, a weekend there. <laughs> it's absolutely great. And I think they do go out of their way to push new, uh, whether it's new UK or mm. new things foreign that will come over. And I think during uh, probably pre-pandemic times, but they, they, I don't think they push it on their customers, but their customers were quite happy to drink pints of double IPA. Right. And they were getting through 20 litre kegs in like less than an hour because everyone got, well, I need to fight that as well then. You, you hear stories of these kind of places, yeah, where, the, you know, the 8, 9, yeah. 10% and still then, And they, they, so they always get our Imperial Sours, our Imperial Stouts. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what they're doing over there. Oh, I don't know what's in the water in their Newcastle. Well, there's got something special going on. So thirsty like people. Um, <laughs> and then I guess um, more locally, mm-hmm. um, there's a pizza restaurant that's just opened up called slice and brew in nottingham okay and we we used to host them they used to bring their sort of mobile kitchen into the tap room yeah uh, occasionally they do they do it the same at junkyard bring their mobile kitchen in and nice. uh, you do pre-order so they'd go okay we've got enough we can seat 60 people we've brought uh, we've got enough pizza for that yep yeah they've filled their fridges with our stuff black iris stuff and uh, then they've got rather than getting a peroni or something they've got uh, braybrook's lagers okay. in there yeah, um, yeah, and they they've just opened, and obviously it's a restaurant, so the markup's slightly different. You uh, you you're gonna be paying more for a can of our beer there than you would. At, uh, oh, sure, but people at a tap room or a pub. That, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he doesn't care. He just want he wants to have that beer on. We nice. supported him um, yeah. when he was setting up his business, and it's nice that he's repaid the favor, really. So yeah, definitely recommend. And the pizza's the best pizza I think I've potentially ever had. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. All right, then, while well, we are at the wrap-up question, Tom, and here I need to know what would be your ultimate happy hour? Where would you be? Who would you be with? And what specific beer would you be drinking? So I did – you did send an email with a pre-sort of warning of this question, <laughs> and I've almost got an answer, I think. Almost, um, okay. <laughs> so I've done, a, I've done a beer festival in uh, Mulder in sort of – it feels like northern Norway, but it's like mid Norway. Right, Norway yeah, Norway very, goes very a hell long. of a long way up. Yeah, it? <laughs> it just keeps going up. I think it goes up as far as Argentina. Yeah, um, <laughs> like and that. they um, there's mountains everywhere. Mm. It's on the fjord. There's just friendly, nice people. The views are insane. Wonderful. Uh, the weather was great, and there's a, so the festival we did last year. Uh, or the, sorry, earlier this year. Yeah, you, you can see the fjord from where you're pouring. Nice. You see the mountains. It's great. Um, but there's a little bar called Tap and Cork, which is outrageously craft forward. It shouldn't be. They, they, it, a lot of the people that go to that um, town are on the big sort of cruise ships, right? And they yeah. don't they don't want craft beer. They just want a beer. Yeah, of but course. they um, they seem to they don't ignore them. Um, 
but they just say if you're in here, you're gonna drink, you're gonna drink what we've got. Nice. So whether that's one of our beers that we've sent over, or it's a brewski, or or some of the uh, Lervig and Monkey and the Lervig, however, yeah, uh, yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that 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 um, I think it helps that when we've been, it's not got dark until maybe gone midnight. Mm. So it's like if I want my an ultimate sort of place or venue for drinking, I think it just having a lot of light, but not feeling like you're getting pissed in the day. Yeah, uh, it was a big was a big thing for that. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. the people I like to talk to are sort of new people that I meet at these festivals, but that are on my wavelength. Right. So you meet a lot of people, and sometimes you nod and you say hello, and it's fine, and it's all. And sometimes you just get on with people immediately. Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you um, obviously in in the UK because you go to a lot of the festivals, and as you were saying earlier, you see the same faces, mm-hmm. and you get you just your faces get tired at the same time yeah. uh, over the over the months and you can build up pretty good uh, friendships for a few months with them but i think for me it's always nice to just be surprised by how nice and funny and friendly newer people are um yeah. so whether that's people that i met in molder this year or whether it's people i've met at other festivals or just drinking elsewhere there's always quite like meeting a new friendly funny person who we just click with. Nice, yeah, yeah. And what about the what about the specific beer then? So specific beer. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't have to be. Does from it Norway? have to be? No. You can, oh, do, oh I mean, if it's from. Um, no, I don't think I can do specific. I think it just has to be what I want at the time. How about style then? What would be your your sort of your? So it needs it needs to be a mixture. I need to have had a lager, like mm-hmm. a, maybe an Augustina. Yeah, I think that's you can't. I can't have. Uh, a drinking session without at least a lager available. Okay. Um, I'd like to try someone brewery that I've never heard of, mm-hmm. uh, like a farmhouse saison or something. Yeah, yeah, good um, And just go, oh, okay, this is, where, where are you? And they've got this tiny little shed set up in the middle of nowhere. And ah. I think, okay, I really want to try that. So I need I need something, I guess, ultimately geeky. Yeah. Made with, um, in, a, in a very weird way. Mm-hmm. And then I, I will need something quite thick and sticky as well. So uh, maybe not one of our stouts, but um, uh, like a cycle or yes. something, something like that. Yeah. Or even uh, I've been drinking more um, mead or melomel. Uh, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, yeah. So they're they're quite. I don't want much of it, but it's yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah. And then you can obviously go back to like an Augustina. Of course, you can. Yeah, a, yeah. There's no rules. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no rules. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's that's a very. Um comprehensive answer um tom and i i, I like like the style of it so so i'm not gonna not gonna pick any holes in that okay uh, <laughs> but look this has been lots of fun tom i've been you know both myself and steve run this week in craft beer big fans of neon raptor have been since way way back in the day so you know please keep doing what you're doing um next time we'll get the chance to hopefully come back up to nottingham we're, we're well overdue to come to to either derby beer corn or nottingham beer week so so i've never yeah. never been to either to my disgrace nottingham so, beer week's pretty good because yeah the festival's on our site but i don't have anything to do with it which okay. means i can actually talk nice. whereas derby beer con i'm just stressed and rude full on quite, of, quite a lot of the yeah, time <laughs> yeah i bet but uh no, we'll um, we'll we'll definitely reach out and hopefully uh, come up and you know put for one or other of those for next year. Um, yeah, but in lovely. the meantime, been an absolute pleasure, Tom. Um, thanks yes. very much for, for for spending time in this evening. And uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for inviting us. We will speak soon. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, Rob.